It's quite a day. After many terror attacks, we were just walking up Jaffa Street towards Mahanei Buddha Market. We were passed by all these police officers and cars, motorcycles, horses, only to find out there was yet another attack. Details are still emerging. That's the sound of Stacy Levitt Wright of Edmonton reporting live on the streets of Jerusalem Wednesday. She recorded this shortly after she saw Israeli police converge on a butcher shop in the popular Mahanei Yehuda Market and arrest two suspected Palestinian terrorists. Levitt Wright is CEO of Edmonton's Jewish Federation, but she's in Israel on vacation. Nevertheless, she found herself smack in the middle of the tension in the country as Israel faces its worst period of terrorist attacks in over a decade. So far, 11 Israelis have been killed in three separate attacks, beginning last week in Beersheba, then in Hadera, and then Tuesday in B'nai Brak. Two of the suspects have ties to ISIS. And now the government is sending police and army patrols to fan out and hunt down collaborators. They're clamping down on border crossings, and Levitt Wright says streets are emptier than normal. Meanwhile, people are pivoting to working from home if they can, including Adir Kraftman. He is a former top leader with the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs in Toronto. He moved back home to Israel just a few months ago. Watching the parents of the victims, the, the um, loved ones of the victims on television. It's uh, so heartbreaking. Uh, you know, they, they show the different funerals that are taking place and, and things like that. These are really um, 11, 11 worlds that were, that were extinguished. You know, there's um, really a feeling here of, a, of, of shared destiny between people, and it's, uh, it's absolutely crushing. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The latest terror attacks came just as Israel's government welcomed Arab foreign ministers to a milestone peace summit in the Negev Desert and also just ahead of the start of Ramadan. And now questions are being asked about Israel's intelligence service, and the concerning connection of some of the gunmen to the Islamic State. Coming up, we'll check in with Adir Kraftman. His hometown of Hadera was one of the crime scenes. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Dan Held in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. If you're in the Toronto area on Sunday, look out for a parade of Chabad Lubavitch RVs that'll be rolling up Bathurst Street. A fleet of a dozen or more of these so-called mitzvah tanks will be stopping to hand out shmura matzah for Passover along the route and share some good deeds. And they'll also visit about a dozen synagogues. The parade is one of many being held around the world to honor the coming 120th anniversary of the birth of the last Chabad Rebbe Menachem Schneerson. But the Toronto parade also has a bittersweet story behind it. One of the vans is brand new. It was just bought to dedicate to the memory of a 19-year-old Toronto yeshiva student. Mayor Likovetsky was killed in a car accident March 7th while volunteering in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was part of his studies at the Yeshiva Slubavitch School in Toronto. He was the youngest child in his family. He leaves behind three older sisters and his parents who were Russian immigrants. Mayor's classmates and friends are organizing the parade to mark the 30 days since his death. And there's also a fundraiser underway to pay for the new vehicle. And we'll go back to Israel now. And Adir Kraftman joins me now from Tel Aviv. 
what is the feeling? What is what has been people, you know, what's it like now for you there? There was a complete mood change with everybody trying to uh, check in, find out, parents trying to fi- uh, find out where their children are, uh, children messaging their parents to make sure that they're okay, trying to make arrangements uh, to come home as quickly as possible. And then immediately uh, images and, uh, and horrific videos started coming in, both on the television screen and also uh, in the WhatsApp groups of, um, uh, of just uh, a terrible gore uh, videos of, of people getting shot in, in point blank and uh, you know it's it was uh, not only terrifying to see um, people getting murdered senselessly like that but also recognizing the street recognizing the buildings um, seeing uh, you know remembering that I used to walk along that uh, street Herbert Samuel all, all the time it made it very personal uh, and then within 10 to 15 minutes uh, all my other my other messages on, on WhatsApp started popping up like, hey, are you okay? I know that you're from there. Is your family okay? So it was really a little bit overwhelming, uh, all this inflow of, of information um, while we were trying to figure out how many people have been hurt. Do we know anybody uh, that, that has been hurt? Um, and I have to tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's a scary feeling. It's a scary feeling. I know that my family members are more, the ones that have lived here for, for years, they're more used to that kind of uh, that kind of experience, um, but it was uh, it was uh, you know something that I wasn't uh, I wasn't used to for for a very long time, and definitely something that my my wife, as Canadian born, she was definitely not used to that that kind of uh, that kind of experience. And it's not just that one day. There's the lingering effect now of don't go out if you can work from home. Ask your boss to work from home. Um, things like uh, that that really hamper the the daily life that goes on. So it's not just a one-off incident. This has a, an effect not just obviously on my family, but, but the entire community and, and the entire city. Um, what are people saying, Adir? Do they think that this is just another, okay, it's Ramadan starting on April 1st, so this is the usual incitement that happens around this time of year, which happened you know, last year too uh, and led to a war? I, I, there's a there's a few conversations uh, conversations happening uh, at the same time. One is the is the conversation of this is our reality here. Uh, you know, for for e- even before the the state was established, um, there were those who wanted to extinguish Jewish life here in the land of Israel. Um, they believe that Jews don't belong here. They uh, they hate uh, you know Jews to the core, and um, you know there's. This, this is a sort of a, a, a constant factor that will never change. It's a, it's a part of our, uh, of our reality. And then there are different conversations about, okay, why is this happening now? Is it happening now because there is a, uh, a, the Negev uh, a conference, which is really unprecedented, uh, you know, going to Ben-Gurion's grave, uh, uh, you know, being uh, greeted with hugs by uh, Israeli officials, and talking about building a, a shared future. So is it, is it, a, is it a, a reaction uh, to that similar to, um, to previous uh, peace initiatives uh, that had to do with Israel? That's, that's one, uh, one potential. Is it uh, just um, religious fervor in the, uh, in the lead up to, to Ramadan? That is uh, also a, a possibility. Um, but then the conversation goes to a different place, uh, and that is what do we do uh, what do we do now? 
And uh, uh, there, there are a few complications with, with the question of what do we do now, because two of the, in two of the incidents, uh, the perpetrators weren't uh, Palestinian. They were uh, Israeli citizens uh, living uh, in Israel. So there isn't a security barrier that you can reinforce. There isn't there are measures that you can take in the West Bank and Judea and Samaria that, that you can uh, do within uh, Israel. We, we live together. Um, we are neighbors. We share the same infrastructure. So that's one component. The second is that we're not talking about some sort of coordinated effort like, for example, you know, Hamas sending hordes of suicide bombers uh, uh, into Israel. There's no real address to go after. The second component is that as we lead up to uh, to sort of a holiday period where you have uh, Passover and, and Ramadan, there are negotiations uh, between uh, Israeli and Palestinian leadership about um, uh, ease of access to um, um, places of worship and more travel and work permits for for Palestinians in an effort to <coughs> excuse me in an effort to uh, uh, bring down the uh, the pressure. Uh, in an effort to uh, reduce the likelihood that um, tensions will escalate in the same way that they did last year. And this really, you know, throws a question of, okay, so these, these attacks are, are happening. Do we move forward with, uh, with, these, uh, uh, with these gestures, with these measures? Or um, are, we just reducing our, are, are we just reducing our security and we're allowing... Uh, um, you know, we're opening the door for a possibility for more attacks. Uh, but that leads me to my question about the fact of uh, reaction among Arab leaders in the neighborhood. So we saw that Mahmoud Abbas actually said that this was wrong. Um, what are people, how are people reacting to Mahmoud Abbas's comments? People aren't paying attention to uh, what Mahmoud Abbas is saying as far as, far as I can see from, from my vantage point. Uh, people are looking at the reaction from uh, Arab-Israeli leaders within the Israeli political system, one from the coalition and one from, from the opposition. So both uh, Ahmed Tibi uh, and Mansour Abbas um, from, from Israel's two Arab parties have condemned, uh, condemned the attacks. Uh, they have repeatedly said that this doesn't represent the values of Israeli uh, Arab society and that we, you know, they, they call on, obviously, you know, de-escalation and um, they call on people, both Jewish and, and Arab, to not take matters into their own hands, uh, because we—that's—that's—that's that's, uh, that's a real possibility of uh, you know grieving families, trying to take revenge, people being scared of each other uh, on the street, um, and things can escalate very quickly. And also, th- there's a lot of questions being asked. Final question: uh, A lot of people are asking questions about Israeli intelligence and the Shin Bet. Um, you know, how did they miss this? Um, why didn't they know that people who were being released from prison and have had previous records would be likely to, you know, offend again? I think the question I would ask is, how do you, how do you balance the delicate, you know, community to community uh, uh, relationship within Israel? How do you maintain dignity for all of your citizens, regardless of their, you know, ethnic background or, or religion, while still maintaining, uh, you know, personal security for everyone involved, Jews and Arabs uh, alike. Um, but I, I can tell you that, you know, living, living in Israel and living in, in Tel Aviv and seeing how people react, there's a real sense of defiance in that, you know, the, um, we will not be deterred by terror. We'll continue to, uh, to live our lives. Um, we, uh, you know, we love living here. 
it's uh, it's really a, a great place to live. Uh, I walked along the beach today, and I live very close to Jaffa. So um, you know, you see a mixture of um, people of all all shapes and colors and, and faiths, and it's, it's really a, a beautiful a beautiful thing to see. Um, and I'm also really uh, thankful for for the reaction that we saw here of of, uh, of foreign governments, and I saw that in. Uh, in the National Post, it was also the, the front page. Um, it really makes us feel heard, which is really important, um, you know, especially with, with condemnations from, from, from all types of world leaders. So that's something that is, uh, brings a little bit of comfort. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. And today's listener shout-out goes to Ryan Insolaco of Richmond Hill, Ontario. Meanwhile, we'll end the episode with more from Stacey Levitt-Wright's impressions of being in Israel during this dark period of terror attacks. We have a number of friends and colleagues as well uh, that my husband has from his professional life. And, and they did say to us before we came, you know, be careful about going to the old city, be careful where you're going as we're leading up to Ramadan. And, and this could become more of a wave of attacks that we're seeing. This was a few days ago, so this was only after the second attack. Uh, you know, that we, we should be cautious and vigilant. And I have to say, knowing about situational awareness, I'm certainly keeping an eye wherever I go and what's going on around me right now. Um, there is great concern and, and of course, uh, great dismay and upset that the young people are being, are being killed right now on the streets. And, and it doesn't matter if they're Jewish or Druze or Arabs, they're, they're all Israelis and this is happening to all of them. 